Welcome to Discipleology, a podcast where we talk about all things discipleship. Today, Chris and Mary, we're going to talk about a little topic uh, about confession. Fun. Doesn't that sound like fun? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to start off this episode reading a handful of scriptures that talk about confession. James 5.16 says, confess to one another and pray for each other. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces finds mercy. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe we need a definition of what confession is. What do y'all think confession is? Yeah, well, I think it really revolves around confessing our sin, owning our sin, and it's tied to repentance. So outside of confession, repentance doesn't happen. We have to be willing to admit our sin. Yeah, Webster, that's exactly what Webster says. It is a, an admission of guilt, right? So if confession and, or I guess if salvation is such a personal thing, why does confession feel like it has to deal with multiple people? What do you think, Chris? Well, I think that, I mean, when you think about confession, um, it's, it's more about uh, going for holiness for ourselves, right? That we're on this road to holiness, but confession just about our sins to God is just one step on that road to holiness. It really, if we're going to receive full healing, which is what James is talking about, it involves the others around us. In fact, if you go beyond that, uh, that one verse that you read about confess to one another, um, if you go one, just down a little bit, James says that confessing sin, if you bring somebody with you, it covers a multitude of sin. So it's not just about myself, it's about bringing somebody with me. It's about um, a healing together that drives us toward holiness. So it, that involves uh, other people. And I think you see just biblically the view of or the process of being forgiven of your sin before Jesus was a very communal activity. You look at the temple, you look at the Day of Atonement where an entire nation as being pardoned of their sin through the work of the the high priest. And so I think in our Western culture, we think about faith as very individualized. And you're absolutely right. Following Christ is an individual uh, decision, but it also happens within the realm of the church. That That is the, the step for the Christian is that you need to be in community, uh, which is where this process of confession happens. What, do you think we do it well? Oh, definitely not. Why? Uh, because we are achievers. Just as Americans, we want to improve and achieve and succeed. And so it becomes very difficult. I struggle with this. It becomes very difficult to confess where we failed, to talk about our shortcomings. Uh, because from being a small child, you're taught to like, really make a big deal about your strengths and downplay your weaknesses as much as possible. And that is not a picture of the upside down kingdom that Jesus is, is building, uh, that he's saying, I am your strength. And yeah, you are weak, 
Um, and, and it's okay to be weak because he's going to take on that sin. He's going to take on that weakness. Um, and yet for us, I think we just really struggle with being perceived as, as weak. I think it's especially true for those of us who are in some type of leadership, like especially group leadership. Um, you know, there's a lot of insecurity in the back when it comes to just taking the mantle of leadership, because you think if people only knew, you know, my sins, my, my shortcomings, my failures, they only knew they wouldn't want to follow me. They wouldn't want to be a part of my group or whatever that is. And so we tend to just put that away because of the shame that comes, what we think comes with confession. We don't want people to know that side of us, or we're afraid they're going to leave or they're not going to come back. When really the reality is most people are more willing to follow somebody who will um, show their true selves, who will say, you know what, I'm messed up. You're messed up. Let's figure this out together. And that's, that's the mark of true leadership to me. And the fastest way for a leader to fall is to have no accountability and no opportunity for confession. I think we've seen it over and over and over again, is that when a leader becomes removed from an opportunity to confess, to say, here's where I fail, here's where I need support, here's where I need you to come in and pray alongside me, uh, that it becomes a really unhealthy situation. And that confession, God's given us confession as a gift. Uh, It's not intended to feel like a punishment that we have to confess those shortcomings, but that it's, it's a gift so that we might be matured in the faith, just like First John one nine says, of like it is the process towards righteousness. So, if somebody comes to me and wants to confess, what are some ways that I should react? Like, other than just like oh, I don't know how to handle this right now. What? Are, how should I? What should my posture be? Well, I think if somebody is coming to you, hopefully there's um, some sort of relationship mm-hmm. that's there. That it, you know, I'm not just going to confess. For instance. You know, we talk about the communal um, place, and and it's it's important to do it to other people. Well, it's not always the best thing just to open up in front of a whole group. You know, here here's my deepest sin. You know, not everyone needs to be a part of that. But if you have a relationship with somebody, that should be a safe place for somebody to come. And we all need a safe place where we can um, we can confess, we can feel open, and not feel judged. And so if somebody is coming to me and say, I want to confess, I hope that they see me as that person. And if maybe we don't have that, I've been a pastor for years and years, so I've had a lot of people that I don't know that well that come in, but I want to set that, that table of it's okay. You know, we're, we're on the same journey. This is a safe place. It's going to stay here. It's not going to leave and there won't be judgment. You know, that's not my place to judge. That's, that's why the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And that's why, you know, all of that. So, yeah. So I think that um, kind of setting that, that right atmosphere, that posture of, I'm glad you came. This is a safe space to confess. When have you seen this go wrong? Oh, uh, many times, and especially in group settings, uh, when you've got that person who just loves to overshare, overshare, <laughs> overshare. What, what happens is um, it, it makes people feel awkward. Um, it tunes them out after a while. And a lot of times it happens during the prayer time of a, a group experience where they decide to share everything and, 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 and people will tune it out after a while because, oh, that's Debbie. 
Debbie's always got something and it kind of brings the whole group down. I call it the Debbie downer. She'll always bring the whole group down because she feels like that's the place. And that's just not. And so as, as a group leader, you have to recognize when there's somebody like that and set some time outside of the group to sit down, talk about, this is a good way to do it. This is not the, this is not a, a time for that. And really kind of set the group up for success when it comes to confession. How do we model this for our family and for our kids? Uh, I think there are some things that we ought not confess to our kids and family. Um, But at the same time, how do we approach this with gentleness and with kindness and true confession? Sure. As I think about this, I think about those moments when uh, our kids come to us and say, Mom, I made a mistake. Uh, often it's like I spilled something on the carpet or I, uh, sweet Caleb earlier this month came home and said, I just had a really bad day at school and here are all the ways that I got in trouble. Um, and so we try to really um, address that with just a lot of compassion because we want them to feel safe coming to us with those confessions. And so the response of uh, when we need to incite punishment when we recognize, hey, this was out of line, you need to go to timeout or whatever that is, uh, we try to respond differently in those moments when they come and are forthright with, uh, with those particular confessions because we want them to know that our, our home is a safe place uh, and to really show them the grace that Jesus gives us when we come to him with confession. Uh, when we come to, uh, to God with confession, he doesn't send us to timeout. He doesn't punish us excessively because of that particular confession. Instead, he he offers grace. And so we want to be those people uh, who offer grace in our homes. Now, that also looks like uh, asking for forgiveness. Uh, there are times where I've raised my voice with my kids or I've uh, been frustrated about something that really didn't involve them. But then I would show that frustration even as simply as them like asking to play for the 97th time, like, mom, will you play Barbies with me? I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I'm done with Barbies. And so uh, really uh, we've had to learn the cadence of saying, hey, I shouldn't have responded like that. And I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, I want to honor you and I, I love you, but there are times where I don't respond correctly and really asking forgiveness, even of our, our little kid. I mean, our kids are four and five and, and they, the, the look on their face when we express that, Hey, we messed up just confirms like this is, this is healthy and this is how we need to live in our home. And so we want to model that we want to model even, uh, in our marriage, like confessing to one another or, uh, you know, if we disagree, uh, uh, kids will immediately say, mom and dad, are y'all arguing? And it's like, no, we're trying to work through like what we need to think about this particular thing. And, but we're quick to say, Hey, this is not how I should have responded. Um, and, and I, I hope that our kids take that with them long into their adult life to say, this is, this is how we respond when we realize we're in the wrong that we don't have to cover it up, that it's not this like, let me make a lie to cover a lie, uh, but that it's a forthright, like open-handed living to say, hey, I'm gonna mess up. I did mess up, but I'm here to to confess that and to repent of it, to turn from it and instead say, I wanna live like Jesus 
And this wasn't in line with that. And so I want to turn back. I want to turn back to that. It's hard to have a conversation about confession without also talking about forgiveness, right? And so then as you are going through raising these kids to talk about forgiveness, talk about atonement for those those punishments or or those sins. Uh, And so in the same way, we have tried to already shift it. B's four and a half, and we're already talking about salvation with her, you know? And so it's a, you did something wrong. This is what sin is. This is how Jesus Mm -hmm. has now come in and, and, taking yeah. your, your punishment for you, you know? And so uh, it's it's a fun word picture for her, but also at the same time, I'm already at the point where I don't play correctly with the Barbies. Yes. You know, like <laughs> I'm not doing it right. So um, to me, confession feels very intimate. And so you were talking about, Chris, uh, it's got to be founded in a relationship. Um, and so the the buddies that I've had in my past that have confessed things to me, we we were tight. And because of that confession, we got tighter, you know? And so then they were allowing me into their lives, which was a great, great thing. Uh, It also then wanted me to confess to them. And so it was a two-way street that started happening. um, And our relationship just grew and grew and grew. Isn't that interesting that we think, and I think this way, that if I am honest with those that are closest to me, it's going to drive them away. I mean, that's my fear, right? That if I told somebody that I'm really messed up, I, I, I'm a sinner, they're going to, Ooh, you know, I don't want to be. But actually, it's the opposite. I mean, it's what happens. It's It builds relationships. It strengthens relationships. And I'm the same way. I've had guys that I've had that kind of accountability relationship with for years, and I can still call them, even though I, right. we don't live in the same state. I can still say, man, I'm going through this, and they're there for me every single time. And it always, we always walk away closer than we were than when we we started. That's right. But we're we're fearful that it's just going to push people away. But it is. It's the opposite. Do you have anything you want to confess today? I think right now would be a good time for Mary. Me, Mary, okay. To tell us something. No. <laughs> no. Uh, you guys are not my accountability partners. I'll <laughs> so, save that for a special space. So this is not the space. Okay. Yeah, not the space. That would be a bad example. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening today or watching us because we are on Facebook and on YouTube now and you can see us in person. Uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>